0: What's up, y'all? This is John and Wes, back for another episode of the Nothing Finer podcast. After the championship parade weekend, um, before we get into anything we're talking about tonight, Wes, I see you got that Dr. Pepper, good old yeah. D-Peppy.
1: Good old D-Pep.
0: I busted out some uh, something I've had over in the bar for a minute now because I'm out of my ASW it's oh, no. so, a Makers Mark 2021 limited release FAE 01
1: which is they
0: do, they do a couple limited releases every year and I got, I got both of the 2021's so this is one that I forgot about until I looked at the back of the bar tonight
1: <laughs> I feel like Makers is a little cheap for you
0: <laughs> oh no this is like a $70 bottle oh okay all right. Yeah, their high end stuffs up there. <laughs> um, but tonight, I, I'm sure you guys all kind of predicted where where we're gonna start. Um, we're gonna we're gonna take a minute and talk about the tragedy of losing um, Devin Willick and Chandler LaCroix from the football staff. If you guys have listened to the show for a long time, you know that I have been a giant Devin Willick fan since the very beginning of the season. Um, and then Chandler was a massive part of the recruiting effort that has gone on in Athens over the last couple of years. Went to school at Athens, got her master's there, and then went to work for the uh, for the football program. And it is a very sad time in Athens with uh, with the passing of these two on the night of the uh, championship celebration. And shout out to uh, Dog Nation for the article that I'm about to pull some stuff from. They interviewed uh, Devin's high school coach and a couple of the teammates. And I just want to – if you haven't read the article, I just want to read a couple things from this because, uh, honestly, when I read it, I, I – I was on the verge of tears just because of, you know, how good of a person that Devin was in these different stories. Um. So the biggest thing I took from this is not only was he a good person, like everyone talks about how nice he was, how genuinely kind he was, fun to be around, um, but he was an extremely hard worker. And... All on and off the football field, all A's at Georgia, which is very difficult to do. Um, 4.0 average through college. He went in for tutoring at one, in certain classes because he had a B and wanted an A. Like He truly wanted to excel at everything he did. Um, and he loved the University of Georgia. If you guys don't know, he is from New Jersey and chose Georgia over Penn State, which is hundreds of miles closer to home specifically because he said Athens felt like home. And he talked about intending on playing at Georgia. I want to say the quote is um, until Kirby doesn't let me or I run out of eligibility, he wanted to play in Athens. So like, regardless of, regardless of draft status, he, you know, he just wanted to help the university. And I truly, regret not being able to uh to try and get him on the show or talk to him at some point just because how big a fan i was of his on and off the field um yeah and that's just kind of where i want to kind of where i want to leave that because if i get too much into it i'm gonna get even more sad like i was a few days ago
1: (laughs) yeah no i mean dude was a dog inside and out um he brought up New Jersey he I saw an article where he would drive from drive a or not drive but a Greyhound bus all the way from New Jersey to Athens just to try to be a part of the team before he was on the team um and <clears throat> there's there's a picture going around Twitter of um actually uh Devin willick with the little boy um that night and they're looking the family is looking for to get a hold of his family to, I guess, to get them the picture, or, like thank them or whatever. So if anybody has any contact, like try and find that picture. I'll, I'll retweet it on our Twitter page. I'll tweet it on mine. Just get the family. Cause I'm sure the family wants to hear the kind words of, you know, how he was off the field and then going to Chandler, man, I wait, we didn't know a lot about her. Um, but from what I've seen from all of the, um, football players, from all the staffers. Like, she was probably one of the kindest people you'd meet. Um, Like I said, I didn't know her, so I'm not going to go in and be, you know, be that person. Um, And another story about her is um, she lost a jacket during the Ohio State game. It was a handmade um, jean jacket with a bunch of, like, Georgia stuff on it that she lost, and her friends are trying to get back. Um, So if anybody has any – any recollection of that, um, please. Once again, just reach out uh, to either one of us, and we'll, we'll try and figure out what we can do to help help reco- reconcile that situation. Because her friends are looking for it, and her family is looking for it. So please, just if anybody knows anything, just let one of us know. But yeah, I mean it. It's sad, man. We are celebration, and then this.
0: Yeah, and you know for. For the university, it means a lot because they lost two good quality people, and that's something that we've talked about a lot on this show is the character within the program, Yeah, and that's not just players. Like, that's staff members. That's graduate assistants. That's everyone involved, yeah. um, and Georgia lost a couple of damn good dogs the other night.
1: Yeah. Luckily, it wasn't more, but yeah.
0: Yeah, there were uh, there there were there was another player and staff member in the car. Luckily, that they um, one last I heard was in stable but critical condition. Uh, and uh, Corey Bowles
1: Bowles Bowles, yes, the staffer, and then uh, War Mcclendon um, just got some stitches in his forehead and was released that night. So or that morning.
0: Yeah it. It's awful to say, but it, it could have been worse. Um yeah. and we're all thankful that it wasn't. Um something that I, I don't think either of us wanted to ever talk about on the on this show was was uh, a player or staff member tragically passing away. But Georgia doesn't retire numbers, but I think seventy seven should be one that, that is retired.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, I mean, if you want to talk on the field stuff, Devin played in 13 out of the 15 games, started three, and was just an absolute mauler on the offensive line, was an integral part of the success in the, and I mean, even the national championship game.
1: Yeah.
0: He played a significant number of snaps in that game. Um, and, you know, like I said, Georgia doesn't retire numbers, but if they do, I, 77 needs to be one of them.
1: For sure.
0: But as awkward and difficult of a transition as this is going to be, uh, we do have some other stuff that we want to talk about tonight. Um, I think we want to – you want to go ahead and get into the transfer portal stuff?
1: Yeah, Um, but just some great news I just saw on Twitter. Lad, Jess announced he's coming back.
0: Yes. So for those of you that don't know, um Monday at midnight was the deadline to declare to the for the draft to the NFL. Um but Thursday is the deadline to declare publicly for the draft. So there are players that have possibly told the NFL but it's not going to be made public until Thursday. Um but the transfer portal closes tomorrow, which is gonna be absolutely huge. Huge.
1: Huge. <laughs> so I'm glad I'm glad you talked about that. Because um a big name we're all looking for is um Cedric Van Pran. Um he once yes. again he could have declared, but he had he hadn't announced anything yet. So Wow. that's the name, that's a name to watch out for. But, um, going back to that, that sad situation with, with, um, Devin Willick, um, Van Pran was the first one there. Um, for those of y'all that don't know, um, he was in the, he was in a car behind him and I, and watched it all. And he actually was there holding, uh, Devin Willick when he took his last breath. So, um, with that being said, I, I don't think he van Prank goes anywhere. I think he's gonna stay.
0: i I tend to agree with you, but with that being said, if you pray, this whole team and staff needs it. you know, thoughts, prayers, good vibes, whatever whatever you can do is your part. Um, it's it's losing a family member. At the, at, you know, a couple at that. So, um, especially Cedric being there, Jalen Carter is rumored to have been there just minutes after as well. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, if uh, if you if you pray, if you want to like rub some crystals and whisper into them for some good vibes, whatever whatever you personally choose to do and believe in, the whole team. Needs it right now.
1: Yeah, let's stop being sad.
0: <laughs> you brought it back up. Look.
1: I know. Well, well, it hit me when I saw the lab thing and then um, that Van Pran still has it. And then, like, I feel like, yeah.
0: <laughs> so there's something that I do want to talk about when it comes to lab. Because I, I feel like maybe not in the Georgia fan base, but nationally – he is underappreciated for what he is because when there was a rumor that circled around very minimally that Lad could be going to the NFL because he is a redshirt sophomore, so his third year out of high school. Lad McConkey's a fucking baller, guys. Yep, like nationally, if you don't quite get it yet, um Lad McConkey. 762 receiving yards on 58 catches with an average of 13.1 yards per catch, seven touchdowns. Cool, right? Like, that's it's not Blitnikoff level. Um, but the way Georgia spreads wrap the ball around, it's Georgia's probably not going to have a Blitnikoff receiver. No, but last season he had four carries for 44 yards. This season he had seven carries, only three more carries, right? Um, he had th- he had 7 carries for 134 rushing yards. Almost or he over tripled the number of rushing yards on 3 more carries. Two rushing touchdowns. So his total scrimmage yards 65 touches for 896 yards and 13.8 Yards per play with nine total touchdowns for a three star. Like he needs to be on that elite slot receiver level that you hear about nationally that he has always ignored. In you there, hello.
1: Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was I was
0: reading something. Sorry, right. I'm listening. I thought... I was listening <laughs> You I didn't see you breathing or blinking. <laughs> I thought you either lagged or died. I was very concerned. Sorry, no. I'll
1: it actually goes into what we're gonna talk about later, so it actually works out perfect.
0: Okay. Um sorry. <laughs> right. I, I was I was very concerned. I was listening. Um another big name transfer that Georgia got is I you know. We're not even going to break this down into transfers and draft guys. This is going to be a whole roster update episode because it's, <laughs> it's going to be real difficult to balance this out between segment to segment. Um, man, Smoke Bowie is coming to Georgia. Dude, that was a shot out of nowhere. It was out of nowhere if you don't follow recruiting very closely. No, I, guess, I guess
1: I don't follow recruiting then because that hit me out of nowhere.
0: So Smoke Bowie, if if you guys don't know, five-star safety-slash-corner-slash-star-defender-slash-wide-receiver-slash-punt-returner from Texas A&M, freak athlete. Like, he played receiver at times for A&M, he returned kicks, and he was at one point committed to the University of Georgia. Um, He is from Kirby's hometown of Bainbridge. But here's what happened. And why he was not in Athens last season? Um, oil money. Yep, you got that Aggie oil money. Which... And nobody wants to play for a four and eight team that now has two of the most top or three of the most toxic personalities in college football and the coaching staff, being DJ Durkin, Jimbo Fisher, and Bobby Petrino. Bro, what a fucking trio! So he peaced out back to his home state, comes to Athens. And um, that, I mean, that kind of ties right into this next one. Jaheem Singletary was a five star from the same class, came to Georgia. um, And he has entered the transfer portal almost simultaneously as Smoke Bowie committed, which, you know, writing on the wall is pretty clear on this one. It was. One in, one out kind of thing. And I'm not trying to disparage Jaheem Singletary, and he's a hell of an athlete. The issue that I have heard and why he didn't get much playing time, it wasn't on the too deep had to do more with he wasn't able to keep on weight at the college level. yeah, like he was always he was always a lighter guy, um, which it happens not to me, but it happens to some people. Um, Yeah, so Jaheim Singletary's out. Smoke Bowie is in. It's... I'm not... I don't want to say I'm not sad about Singletary leaving because he's got the potential to one day be a star breakout player, lockdown corner. Um, But it wasn't going to be this year.
1: Yeah,
0: And... Smoke Bowie could be that this year, especially with Keely Ringo going to the draft.
1: Yeah. I don't know, man. Like
0: going going back to the
1: offense, talking about, you know, Ladd and with the additions of Ra Ra and Love It, does Georgia have the best receiving court in college football?
0: I don't know about college football.
1: Because the- Ohio
0: State's Ohio State's only losing Jackson Smith and Jigba, and they didn't have him all season.
1: Yeah, that's true. Okay, so SEC.
0: I think, I think they have the most proven receiver room in the SEC. And I say that because if you want to talk about more highly rated guys, Bama and Tennessee have more highly rated guys. But who does Bama have a receiver now? Barton. Well, that's the only proven guy. They have a lot of other guys that just aren't proven. They're I mean, they recruited at an insane level. I mean, they've beaten – they've been technically a better recruiting team than Georgia over the last two seasons. Yeah, well, rings. Uh, <laughs> Look, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just saying Georgia has, what, yeah. four or five of the top 15 receivers in the SEC on their team this season? But, I mean,
1: but looking at who they, like, have – So they still got lad. Yep. AD, possibly. There's rumors of him leaving.
0: Like I said, we talked about this before we came on. The rumor is one guy in a random Facebook group who has no ties to any program saying that he's heard AD to Texas.
1: Apparently some beat writers are saying it. I mean, I'm on Twitter and I haven't seen anything, but yeah. I was about Um, to say,
0: I googled AD Mitchell transfer and literally found zero articles.
1: AD fucking...
0: Oh, wait. Arian Smith. Arian Smith. Marcus Mon- Roseme hasn't announced the transfer, and it, it's possible he does. It's possible he doesn't.
1: Yeah, dude. I'll even throw Meeks in there. Yeah. Like this receiver, and- whoever's QB one next year is going to have a field day as long as Munkin stays.
0: Man, I don't. So we may have talked about it on the show before, but it is part of Todd Munkin's contract that I'm pretty sure he owes the university money if he leaves for another college OC job. Really? So I don't remember the exact specifics of it, but I read it up. I read up on it at one point. The only jobs that he is allowed to leave for before the end of his contract are an NFL OC job or head coach and a college power five head coach job. Huh. there's no power five head coaching jobs available. And he, the accounts that I've read are, he kind of burned himself out on the NFL <laughs> because head coaches are often the problem. Yeah. And blame it on the coordinators and fire them. <laughs> like Freddie Kitchens. He was, he was the offensive coordinator under Freddie Kitchens in Cleveland. Yeah. but Freddie Kitchens called the plays and then blame Munkin on the bad offense. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Sounds about right. But, I mean, talking about Munkin, um, there's also – I mean, this one's coming from Aaron Murray. So I don't know how, how – but um, there's rumors of uh, Glenn Schumann to Bama for the same position.
0: I could see it. I could 100% see that being an option. So for those of you that may not know a lot about Glenn Schumann, he was an Alabama graduate. Got started as a GA under Saban, worked his way up to a uh, defensive analyst, and then when Kirby left, he followed Kirby to Athens. He was the uh, he was one of the linebackers coaches, and then worked his way up to defensive coordinator. Um, And his wife is also a Bama grad, mm. so I could see Schumann going to Alabama, but I could also h- see him trying to follow Kirby's path of. Being the best defensive coordinator in the game, year in and year out, top yeah. defense, just being absolutely elite at what he does. And then when the right opportunity comes up, he's going to take it. Yep. Yeah, I can see that. I could see, and this, this might be crazy, and y'all can call me out in a few years if this doesn't happen. I could see him laying in wait. And the Bama job when Saban retires being between Kiffin and Schumann.
1: Dude. Man, I've I've talked about this before. I don't know if i talked about it in the pod or not, but Kiffin, man. Like, Kiffin at Bama, like, it sounds all great and fantastic, but, like, I don't think the boosters at Bama would deal with his – I don't want to say attitude, but, like, his – character but that sounds bad as well and see, you know from what all, all accounts
0: he is not the same person he was a few years ago
1: he's not but he's not that alibi he's you know what i'm saying
0: i no i i definitely see how personality differences, Deborah, that's the word that's the word <laughs> yeah i can see how personality differences could cause that not to be something um but you know whose personality would fit great as head coach in Alabama? Glenn Schuman. Glenn And I'll be honest, I think Kirby would be better to work for than Saban. Yeah. And I say that because he talked about it at media days. He gave the he gave the staff Fridays off in the off season. He's like, I know I miss my family, so I know you miss your families. Yeah. He's like Fridays, if you come in, come in late. He's like, I don't want to see you before lunch.
1: Yeah.
0: So, you know, you don't hear Saban talking about that. <laughs> I, like I'm not trying to I'm not trying to talk bad about Nick Saban because he's not even arguably he is the best coach in college football history, right? Like there's people that are working towards it and there's I, I mean, if you want to talk about longevity, there there's some other coaches that can be in the conversation, but if you're talking about the accomplishment someone's had over their career, it's Nick Saban hands down no questions asked. Oh yeah, but I mean, there's there's a point where. You know, who would you like to work for more?
1: I feel like Kirby would be fun to work for.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and Nick Saban might be behind closed doors, but publicly, he's never talked about like, oh yeah, I miss my family. Take Friday off. <laughs> um. So we're just going to keep going down the list of guys here. Um, so Georgia's losing their top two offensive tackles to the NFL NFL draft. And I say top two, but it's more like one and then 2A. And, you know, Amarius Mims is right there at 2B because he played a majority of the um, Peach Bowl and National Championship game and did so at a very high level. Yeah. So I think Amarius Mims steps in at one of those tackle spots. And in. in fall camp, it sounded like a guy named Ernest Green was actually pushing Broderick Jones for that left tackle spot. And then he got injured and wasn't able to uh, continue competing. So it sounds like George is good there. Um, guard is now a – I think left guard is now a competition with Xavier Truss. I believe he's announced for the draft. I haven't was... trust. Yeah, trust is he.
1: I haven't seen anything.
0: I'm looking it up real quick. Um... Yeah, no, I don't see anything. Wow, I'm a little surprised. Um, so it looks like tackle spots aren't even up for aren't even up for grabs anymore, unless somebody makes a push and fall camp, which is entirely possible. Um nope. Nope. And as of this recording at 8 39 PM on Tuesday evening, Cedric Van Pran Granger is looks to be coming back at center, which is huge. Huge. Uh, like Georgia had, I know we talked about it on the show. We we talked about a lot of line play on this show. But Georgia allowed nine sacks in fifteen games. That is the least in a fifteen game span. Nine sacks in fifteen games, and you're losing, you're losing one of your starting tackles and one of your tackles that was playing a majority of the snaps, but not by much because Amarius Men was just biting at his heels.
1: Dude, I'm telling you, man, those three peak talks could be legit.
0: It's that so. I do want to talk probably next week about like an a way too early look at um, SEC top teams and like who you think who you think could uh, challenge for the SEC championship next year and like some pros and cons about those teams because there's a
1: yeah we'll figure that out yeah I like that
0: though I like it. Because there are some teams that I think if – and this is like if the stars align, can be elite next season. Yeah. But it's got to be – everything's got to fall into place. No uh, no square pegs and circle holes. Um. So, Tresman Marshall has entered the transfer portal, which is – he was number 15 inside linebacker for Georgia, if you guys are not familiar. He was part of the rotation inside linebacker, which is – I mean, I, I think it's a decent size loss because he played yeah. – I mean, he's part of the two-deep rotation. But and, uh,
1: I feel like if you're just a casual fan of this team, you have no idea who he is.
0: Right. And yeah. he – once in the blowout games – he would come in as, like, the inside linebacker. It, it would be him and Ryan Davis, 15-0 and zero on the inside linebackers. Um, But he did extremely well when he was in the game. Yeah. Like, you never saw a busted play and thought, oh, 15, let that go. <laughs> like, it, it, the reason that he wasn't starting wasn't because he wasn't good enough. It's because you have freak athletes like Smile Mondan and Jamon Dumas Johnson. Like yeah. it, it wasn't that he wasn't good enough. It was that there were other guys that were just as good and knew just as much but were, like, a little faster is essentially what that was. Yeah. Um, we're going to keep going through here. We all, we all knew Darnell was leaving. We all knew Keeley was leaving, which to be – honest, it's sad that we're losing both of those guys because Keeley, while he had some rough times, has played at an elite level I don't know, I'd say like 90% of the time. Um, And then Darnell is just... Man, if I ever get an opportunity to talk to Darnell Washington, I'm going to ask if he and Brock Bowers are the same species of alien or if they come from like different parts of the galaxy. (laughs) Because the, the I, you cannot convince me that they were not either lab created or from another planet. Yeah, Robert Beal is going to uh, go into the draft. Does probably- which that that's pretty big because either Georgia's going to try and pick up somebody on the outside in the transfer portal or um, or go with some very young guys. Like, very young. You're talking sophomores and freshmen. Um, Jalen Walker cross-trained at outside linebacker this season. You saw it in the TCU game. He played outside. And then you've also got um, MJ Sherman, who is leaving, going to Nebraska, of all places. Um, Yeah. Yeah. James Theron, I guess. Corn money? Is that is that what that is? <laughs> no, I don't I don't want to disparage MJ Sherman cuz he was a guy that I was extremely excited for coming into uh coming into the last couple of seasons. Yeah. But he just had a hard time finding his way in the rotation and George's got some studs coming in and put some athletes, some athletes at inside linebacker outside late in the season. To, uh, to make up for injuries. One yeah. thing that we have not mentioned yet, Nolan Smith, our guy, he's going to the draft. We all expected it.
1: Yeah, I about that.
0: <laughs> I'm still extremely sad that he was not able to play the back half of his last season.
1: Man, could you imagine if –
0: if Nolan Smith was in that TCU game, it would have been very much like the end of the Bama game, except in the second quarter, he would have gotten a sack and pointed to his ring finger.
1: <laughs> the the go to sleep celebration. You know, yeah. you know what funny. That, that- everyone credits um curry for that. But he did it after Nolan Smith. Did he? He did. Nolan Smith was Nolan the first. Nolan Smith, one to, trendsetter. Yeah, he was the first one to do the, the, the little nap celebration, yeah.
0: Yeah. That's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> another guy, another guy that George is losing the draft, Not no shock, Jalen Carter.
1: Yeah, he was the first I, one to
0: declare. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I really don't even know why he had to declare, if I'm being entirely honest. I mean, you're talking about a guy that, is projected before the combine or anything as a top three or four pick, and uh, when he gets to put his full healthy skills on display, it could very much be a Trayvon Walker scenario. I mean, a lot of people are projecting him to go number one. I can see it. Yeah, there's also a lot of people projecting Anthony Richardson in the first round, and
1: I, I don't see that one. But hey,
0: oh, I'm not. An I might be blind, but I don't see that shit.
1: Dude, I saw something. It was like being an NFL draft analyst has got to be the best gig.
0: Cause you can just you're just guessing. And if you're yeah. wrong, you're wrong. Like <laughs> it's it so the thing about NFL draft analysts is it's easier than being a weatherman. Yeah. Cause in a Weatherman, there at least has to be science to back up why you're wrong. Yeah. It's like as a color commentator or a play-by-play guy talking sports, you're supposed to be right some of the time. Some of the time. But um unless you're Gary. Unless you're Gary, you know, then then if you get like one name right in a game, you get your contract extended. <laughs> but draft analyst, there was a guy that projected Emory Jones to go first overall. <laughs> Like I man, if I ever stop doing this show and y'all see my name on ESPN, it's because I boiled a pot of spaghetti and kept throwing shit at the wall until it stuck.
1: Yeah, like, bro, you can just like Tom McShay. Yeah, this random dude from this random school is gonna be a first round pick. Like, and if he's not I'd be like, oh well, you know, they didn't evaluate him good enough. You can make a great ass excuse on why you were wrong.
0: Yeah. Like, Oh, God, I don't want to be a draft analyst. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's absolutely wild. I don't – man, I don't <laughs> – it's what it is. It is what it is. It man, if, I, if I, in my profession, you know, working in fire protection and life safety, if I was wrong as often as a draft analyst, I would be in prison
1: yeah, same.
0: <laughs> fair. Very people, fair. People would be
1: dead all over the place.
0: <laughs> uh, all right, so do you want to I know we both wanted to talk about the fun police and the fan base. Oh. You know who we didn't talk about? Blaylock transferring. Yeah, and we didn't talk about my boy declaring. Which one's your boy?
1: Kieris.
0: You got a lot of them.
1: Kheris Kier- yeah. did declare. I was a knew Kheris is my boy. Favorite player on the team. I love Kheris.
0: Yeah, I I can't say that I didn't expect it. I thought it, I thought it was a 50-50. Yeah, I mean, he was a
1: like a Pretty sure he was out of eligibility, honestly.
0: <laughs> no, you're right, because his first season was 2019. Yeah. Because in 2019, he had that catch game one against Vanderbilt for the touchdown where the dude broke his arm. Yeah. I I remember that. That's yeah, one but... of the few things I remember.
1: I know. That's my, that's my favorite player. I got his jersey and everything. Now I got to get a new one. <laughs>
0: Um, so Blaylock, right? We've been big Blaylock fans on the show. We talked about it before the season even started. We were talking about Dominic Blaylock coming back healthy could be a problem. And he was at times. He He was was at times. Um, so this year, 18 passes, 331 yards, five touchdowns. No, five touchdowns his freshman year. This season was 15 passes, 227 yards, and one touchdown. And it seemed like Dominic Blaylock this season was that guy where if everyone else was covered and Stetson had to start, like, scrambling or rolling out of the pocket for a guy to get, like, throw downfield for a first down, it was dumb. Well, I
1: mean, look at the Notre Dame game, too. I mean, you said it how many times? If it weren't for him, we would have lost that game.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If it wasn't for Dominic Blaylock, the 20, 2019 season would have been, like, 7-5. and five. Yeah. Without Dominic Blaylock and Lawrence Cager, who Lawrence Cager is going to the second round of the playoffs with the Giants.
1: Dude, I forgot about Lawrence Cager.
0: Yeah, Lawrence Cager and Dominic Blaylock. If those two were not catching passes in 2019,
1: that's a 7-5 and five team. Oh, you're screwed.
0: Yeah, seven and five team. So, I you know I know no one that listens to our show are going to be those people that hate on Dominic Blaylock for leaving. But if you know someone that is one of those people, tell them to, tell them to shut the fuck up. You know what? He gave everything I'm, to this program, including two ACLs. I'm
1: I'm glad you brought that up because that's 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 where I wanted I wanted to go with this because there's a lot of people on Twitter who claim that if a player is transferring, they can't be a damn good dog. <laughs> like, if there's one player that you give that damn good dog title to for transfer, like, that's a transfer, is Blaylock. I don't give a fuck who you are.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Dude, there's you a guys- lot of players that have entered the transfer portal this season. Yeah. Like, Trasman Marshall. He played his ass off whenever he got the opportunity for three seasons. Yeah. I want him to go succeed.
1: Yeah. But I'm talking I'm talking about the um the damn good dog title. Oh yeah. Yeah, like you give that shit to Blaylock. And if you're if you're one of those fans that are like, you better not be calling a transfer a damn good dog, blah blah blah. Shut the fuck up.
0: Absolutely. Do- like I said, Dominic Blaylock literally gave his heart and soul to this team, up to and including two ACLs. He tore his hamstring when he was trying to come – or not tore, but sprained his hamstring severely last season trying to come back.
1: Yeah, like, dude gave everything for this team. So, yeah, I'm going to give him that the damn good dog time.
0: And, uh, like, you can go back and watch games from that 2019 season. Tell me where you think Georgia ends up at the end of 2019 without Dominic Blaylock. Yeah. And if it's not 7-5, and 8-4, and four, you're full of shit. We're not going to a Florida bowl
1: game and not in a good one.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's like the fucking Gator – TaxSlayer Gator Bowl or something without (laughs) Dominic Blaylock as a true freshman on that 2019 team. So if you're one of those people that's like, oh, you can't call him a damn good dog or you can't support him wherever he goes, fuck you. Fuck you. The guy, I don't have time for you. And if you're one of those people and you listen to this podcast, stop listening. Fuck you. Because – yeah, like, and that's something that we're going to talk about a little bit later. Like, it, man, stop. We don't need fun police in the fan base. Ours or the University of Georgia's. Yeah, like,
1: when, tell me the last time as a Georgia fan, it's been this fun. Um,
0: you can't. I'm going to say never. I'm
1: going to say oh, never. 07 was maybe like the closest. But
0: yeah, they didn't even make the SEC championship in 07.
1: Yeah, but they should have made it to the Natty and one. We won't get into that.
0: Well, yeah,
1: you know, you know what? I'll probably do something all fair. But um,
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I that's something I do want to talk about is um, is the fun police and the fan base, and we're just gonna I'm gonna start this off by, and and um. This is actually something from September of this past year. Oh, and I'm I'm gonna call this person out, hundred percent. Oh, L. Duncan from the Paul Feinbaum show. <laughs> L. Duncan said that she doesn't know if Georgia can make the SEC championship with Stetson Bennett. <laughs> um, Weird. And don't get me wrong, she's publicly eaten crow over the last season, but either she was trying her hardest to go viral with a hot take, which she did, um, or...
1: I think that's what everyone tries to do now.
0: Or... um, She's a typical ESPN employee and doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about. I Like... I don't I man, I don't I don't like stupid people, right? I don't stupid, stupid to I don't like stupid people. Yeah. And I mean talking about stupid people, we've had people in the comments, Georgia fans in the comments on our Instagram talking about like there was one guy specifically. So for those of you that may not know, we made a McConkie on his donkey T-shirt. <laughs> it's for sale in the shop. We'll go all over all that in a minute. Like that's like guy that's like that's the worst radio call I've ever heard in my life. I like I don't know why you guys like it. Scott Howard is trash, and it's like what? Like show me your badge because we don't have fun police here. goes, it's, it's fun. And if you're one of those people that doesn't like fun calls, stop listening to the Keely Ringo pick six. Because Georgia's going to conquer the tide. That's a fun call. Right? Like, I, if you're one of those people that doesn't like fun calls, and I like never listen to a Spanish broadcast with soccer game. Because those <laughs> are the best.
1: Even though you don't know what the fuck they're saying.
0: No. <laughs> Never listen to another radio broadcast. Never watch the 2021 national championship again. Like, if you're going to voluntarily be miserable because you want to hold yourself and other people to a higher standard, just quit, man. Don't listen to Pat McAfee. Right. Like, that, that, um, when Pat McAfee before the Tennessee game did that, who's that coming down the track? I better yeah. not ever, ever. Here you listening to that. <laughs> I like, think, if you think McConkie on his donkey is the worst radio call of all time, get the fuck out of here. The
1: best part about that is I, I commented back, I replied,
0: and I was like, well,
1: you know, that's where you're wrong. I was like, this is probably one of the greatest Scott Howard calls. And he was like, that's because you're trying to sell a shirt with that on it. And I'm like, we didn't think it was good. Why would we put it on a shirt?
0: Right. We decided to make a shirt because we loved the call. (laughs) Like, that's going to go down in this season's history as iconic. And then then the other comment, you ready? Nothing
1: stupider. And I was like, well, stupider is not a word, so. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah, no, i But that is, I said that last Last episode. That is now my favorite Scott Haver call. I don't give a shit what anybody says. <laughs> Man, and
0: like, if you're going to say, and this is something that I've actually seen, if you're going to say that you're not a real Georgia fan, if you like the fun stuff, and if you don't hate Stetson Bennett for being an asshole to the media and his speech— like, why are you? Why are you trying to gatekeep being a real Georgia fan? Yeah, I, I don't get because chances are those are the same people that haven't been to a game, only watch the SEC games. Like they don't, they don't sit there and go through. Like they don't watch UAB.
1: They weren't with us during the Tennessee Hail Mary. They weren't with us during that loss to Vanderbilt.
0: No. No.
1: Like. They weren't with us through the fucking prayer Jordan Hare. Like, no. Um.
0: And I'll be honest, if you want to jump on the Georgia bandwagon, we're taking a select few. We're we are. But like, I why are you gonna hate on other people for trying to have fun?
1: Yeah, I I don't I don't get it, man. I've never had this much fun as a Georgia fan in my life.
0: No! <laughs> no! Man, uh, so y'all, if you know me, you know I'm 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 petty. If I have one eye, you could call me Petty Wop. The before Georgia won that national championship last January, every time, every single time, I would see a Florida fan post a comment on social media on a Georgia post that said 1980. I took a screenshot with the intention. Of making a post and tagging all of those people after Georgia won the national championship, <laughs> and then, and then once they won, I was like, you know what, I don't fucking care about you.
1: Yeah, I, I yeah.
0: Like I still have hundreds of screenshots on my phone, and it's like, <laughs> what, why, why would I care that much? Yeah. Wait. Like oh, the last good quarterback your team had. Just got inducted in the College Football Hall of Fame because it's been so long.
1: Ooh, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, for two reasons, actually. Did you know Justin Fields almost went to Florida?
0: Um, I do slightly remember there was a yeah. conversation.
1: Yeah, Justin, and Phil- I also
0: have heard from some fairly reliable people that um that Justin Fields had some money delivered to him before he committed to Georgia
1: I mean everybody does but um yeah no there was an interview they had with him like after a practice or elite 11 something like that he's like yeah he's like you know the Florida coaching staff you know they said if I, they haven't had a good quarterback since Tebow um you know and I can go in there and, I can, and he's like I can turn that program around listen and that and he's like that's why I'm going to games next weekend but yeah he was apparently almost a gator and so was Jacob Eason. So is J- Jake was Jake Prom. So team. was Carson Beck. Yeah, crazy.
0: <laughs> Carson Beck's troll of Florida is one of my favorite things. I don't think I've seen it. Oh, he committed to Florida. Just so Carson Beck committed to Florida because he wanted to go to Georgia and they, he, they had only talked about offering him and hadn't done it yet. And he thought, if I commit to Florida, They'll finally give me the offer to try and pull a quarterback from Florida. So he committed to Florida. Georgia offered him and he decommitted and committed to Georgia. Really? Well, he's from Jacksonville. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Holy shit. I didn't know that.
0: Carson Beck's troll of Florida makes him a damn good dog if he never plays another snap in red and black.
1: Damn, that's crazy. And then my second point to the Hall of Fame. I don't know if we talked about this last episode or not, um, about how Stetson can't be eligible or Mike Leach can't be eligible for the Hall of Fame. Um, Stetson can't be eligible because he was never an All-American. And Mike Leach can't be eligible because his winning percentage is like 0.5 off of what it needs to be to be inducted into the 0.05. 0. 0. 0. 0.05, yeah, like of what it needs to be. I can't remember what it is. Was it 60%? I don't know, I don't remember. I don't remember but yeah, it's like, it's yeah, .05 off. Stetson was never an All-American, so he can't be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Like
0: You want to know another player that is not eligible for the Hall of Fame that's going to uh. shock you? Nick Chubb. Was he
1: never an All-American?
0: Nope. Nick Chubb and Sonny Michel have the record for the University of Georgia for all-time rushing tandem. Yeah. And I want to say they have the SEC record for all-time rushing tandem. I'm pretty sure
1: Chubb broke Herschel's record at Georgia.
0: He did. Yeah.
1: like um,
0: Not I eligible think. for the Hall of Fame.
1: They need to fix the eligibility, man. I agree. Like, that's ridiculous. I agree 100%. But, but
0: – Go
1: ahead. I was going to go back into the fun
0: suckers. No, I, I mean, that's where I was headed, too. No, I just – you know, at the risk of beating a dead horse, like, why why try to ruin other people's fun? Like, if you don't like Scott Howard's call, then don't talk about it.
1: Then don't listen to Scott Howard radio. Like, don't listen to the radio call.
0: Yeah. And, you know, <clears throat> oh man, I had some high proof whiskey go down the wrong pipe. That's um... I
1: didn't see that. You okay?
0: Oh, hold on. I got a call. But the people that are complaining about Stetson Bennett during the parade, during the ceremony, I don't I don't get it. So the biggest reason that I've heard people are complaining is he was on his phone while riding in the car, right? I got this, I
1: got this, I got this.
0: Well, let me do let me do my little bit first. So Stetson Bennett riding in the car was apparently on his phone. What is he just supposed to sit there and wave? Like yeah. Is that, is that it? And there's people saying that he ignored the uh, WSB TV reporter. But you know what he didn't do? When he did his like press conference interview at Raising Cane's, he talked to the WSB TV reporter, WSB-TV reporter for a few minutes. Right? And that was after most of the media was critical of him for the, his entire Georgia career. And from my vantage point, I saw the entire dog walk. Like I was on the second floor of the Tate Student Center, posted up in a window. I could see the players from when they got out of the car to the point of where they turned by the bookstore. And Stetson Bennett took dozens of pictures, shaped, dozens of hands. He stopped and played drums with the band for a minute. He signed some autographs. And then when he got into the stadium for the ceremony itself, he wasn't on his phone. Like, he was – and the people that are mad about what he said. Dude, I love Imagine – imagine if you go to work every day, and over the PA speaker for the entire company office, they said, John Doe is awful. He's terrible at his job. I don't know why he still has this job. He shows up for work every day, and I'm not sure why. Like, what what is he doing? Oh, he got he got um, nominated for employee of the year. He doesn't deserve that. Here's a list of other people's that deserve employee of the year more than this guy. This and that, and then you prove everybody wrong. For two years straight, every single person is proven wrong. For two years straight, you're the MVP of four playoff games. You win back-to-back national titles for the first time in college football playoff history. History. And then you get you break the Georgia single-season passing record as a zero-star recruit that was a walk-on when you started your career. We're told for two years how terrible you were. By the coaching staff. Even the coaching staff. And then you get on stage and you get handed a mic. For your last time as a public speaking appearance for the University of Georgia, I would call people out by name. I would have been like, "Hey, L. Duncan, sucks to suck." <laughs> that would be my entire speech, or like calling out all the fucking barstool guys that sat there. And there was a one of their podcasts. I don't follow them that closely one of the Barstool podcasts where they sit around and act like they know what they're talking about, went through a list of guys that deserve to be a Heisman candidate more than Stetson did (laughs) it. Shocker, none of those guys beat multiple Heisman candidates in their final season to win a national championship. Out of the top
1: five, the only one Stetson didn't beat was Caleb Williams. That's because
0: he didn't get a chance to play him. Didn't get This Georgia offense against that USC defense would have ended up very much like TCU. Oh, God, yeah. Like, I – you know, there's no chance to prove me wrong because I'll never play a game, but it would have been ugly. Yeah. It would have been very ugly. No, I just – like, man, if you're mad at Stetson Bennett – Forgiven one last bird to the people that told him for his entire career from the time he was in high school until literally the day that he won the national championship MVP with six total touchdowns that he was not good enough? Shut up. And just what it is. Shut up. Yeah. All right, Wes. You're yes. yes, yes,
1: yes, yes, yes dude i just need like a segment I'm, I'm gonna start off with this i need a segment where like it has a song and everything just called west is like ranted the week or something like that
0: <laughs> this clip? the family guy you know what really grinds my gears dude so yeah
1: if you're hating on steph I'm, I'm just gonna piggyback on what you said if you're hating on Stesson, like <laughs> shut the fuck up all right people were upset that he was on his phone okay cool I have the reasons right here why he was on his phone. And if you don't know this, he's been off social media for the past week. This is his first day back on, and this is his first post. So I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's pretty long, but he's pretty much calling out people that were calling him out for being on his phone. Pretty much he says, all right, you ready? So he's like, even, even Custis is great. He was fucking pissed. Um, But he, pretty much he was talking about the fans celebrate as a group, right? Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, But no, so pretty much um, he, he wants to fill in some holes that people are leaving out. He's like, last year's parade was a celebration of that championship. This year's parade was a celebration of a special period of time for, for me, is what he said. Of course, um, there is a possibility that I am wrong. And while we as a team very much so appreciate the fans, we also individuals appreciate our teammates. He's like, you know, the ones we've broken bones, torn ligaments, bled, bled for, and cried. Changed, grown man, laughed for years now. Um, so W fill in these damn holes. Team group celebrate with fans group in a big parade. Teammates individuals celebrate with teammates individuals in a small personal car. I said, for those of y'all that don't know, like there was like three in the car. Um, it was him, Chris Smith, and um he said said, I don't know who said is um
0: Cedric Praen.
1: Okay, that's what I figured. Um, teammates, individuals celebrate with teammates. Blah, blah blah. Um, guess which one I am? It's like I'm a teammate. Uh, so to finish it off nice and neat, I was controlling the ox and playing bangers. So said Chris and I could have a blast on our last ride into Sanford. That's pretty much the gist of it. So he had two phones, one was controlling the music, so him and his
0: fucking teammates could celebrate. And he was he, playing some really good music. Was he? Yeah. Oh, it was all like Notorious B.I.G. and like <laughs> old school rap. But, but he laid it out right there. He was
1: celebrating with his fucking teammates during a celebration. When he got out of the car,
0: when he was part of the group, he was a part of the group. And I have pictures to prove it. I have hundreds of pictures of the dog walk. Yeah, so if you're, I think people are hating on Statsy now because it's the, the quote-unquote cool thing to do. If you can't hate on someone's play, you hate on their character.
1: And, and the sh- dude, I wore that sweater shirt he was wearing so bad. <laughs> but, no, so, but, and then going to the, the stage, man, like. I'm not mad about him. He's like – because DJ Shockley asked him, you know, what, what's your most memorable moment or something like that, something along those lines. And he straight up just like shocked. He's like, man, he's like, y'all doubted us. He's like, y'all said we weren't good enough. And
0: y'all was to the media, not the broadcast team of the radio station.
1: Yeah. But he was like, y'all doubted us. Y'all said we weren't good. It was forty-nine to three. Y'all said we weren't good. Sixty-five to seven. Y'all said, "How is this even possible?" He's like, "We kept winning and kept beating teams." He's like, "Screw it." He's like, "He's like, I don't know what else to say. Screw it. We got two rings." Like this, ki- he is a college kid, just like anybody else, right? Yeah, he's twenty-five years old, but guess what? So is Tendon fucking Hooker. He is a college kid who's been doubted his whole fucking career, and like you said your last chance to say, fuck you to the media, he took it and ran with it. And I am here for it. Absolutely. I am fucking
0: here for it. No, I mean, look, I... Once again, if you're here to hate on the team or other people in the fan base for having fun, don't be part of our fan base and definitely don't be part of the Georgia fan base because like it or not, the fan base is adapting. To beating be the fuck out of everybody and enjoying yeah. it.
1: Yeah. Oh, so I saw something. I'm glad. I'm glad you're talking. You talked. You brought that up. This might have something to do with it. Might not. Um. So, Aaron Murray. He um he was on his his um TikTok earlier, and he was talking about you know Georgia, you know the players were talking about how you know the media thought they were going to go five and six, six and seven, blah blah blah, stuff like that. He's like, but the media knew Georgia was going to be one of the best teams this year. He's like, is Georgia trying to find ways to get angry at games? Because yeah. like they're just beating the fuck. he's like and he said it reminded him of the last dance, how Jordan would had to find different ways, different motivations to get pissed off. He's like, Yeah, is that is has Georgia got to that level to where they need to find ways to piss themselves off to go out and just dominate? Yeah. He's like, are we? No, that and that's level? actually.
0: That's actually the exact like I I hadn't heard that from Aaron Murray, but like that was the comparison that I made in my mind when I heard people complaining about Stetson Bennett the other day and what he said. And it's like Georgia is to the level where there are maybe two or three teams of college football that can compete with them.
1: Yeah, and we saw one of them last year.
0: So, yes, is- they have they have to get pissed off at at. Their opponents at somebody, like you have to prove somebody wrong because as soon as that chip falls off your shoulder, so does the championship.
1: Yeah, and I I think a lot of that has somebody
0: said some. I can't
1: remember who it was. It wasn't a media. It was just a, a casual fan or whatever. They're like, Kirby has created a cult within Georgia football that he makes his own media, makes a makes a fake video and <laughs> shows it to his <laughs> to the players talking about. George is gonna lose every game. George is gonna be pissed off. Blah blah blah. You know they suck. He's like, I was like, yeah, that could be true. Kirby could be making his own fake media. Just to well, piss I mean, off. you see
0: it. Georgia players don't really post on social media very much during the season. They don't. Like they almost go into a blackout.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like they're professional about it. Like this is time to work. We yeah. have six, seven months a year that we can do whatever we want to. But when it's time to work, it's time to work.
1: Yep. No, I mean there there has been a complete culture change in shop. I would I wouldn't even say even the fans, like the culture of the fans have changed. And like you said, people aren't liking it because we're no. used to we're used to being that team that just oh, okay, we'll go we'll go eight and four and be okay with that. Like no, like it's fucking championship or bust now. Like,
0: <laughs> and the TM Crumpets fan base in in Georgia like the old school like 80s and 90s fans that are now <clears throat> that are now older like the the people that don't want you to be loud at games don't want you to have fun don't want you to stand up and scream and clap here's the deal with those fans if you don't want people standing up and screaming buy your seats in the very front row of whatever section you're in and bring your plugs Because as it was talked about time and time again during the celebration, Georgia has one of the best home field advantages in college football now. Yeah, look at the Tennessee game. Broke the record for loudest college football stadium that's ever been recorded.
1: Have you heard people are saying that it was piped in?
0: Man, I don't hear it. If you weren't there, shut up. (laughs) I was there and I almost wish I had earplugs in it was so loud. That's fantastic. It was ridiculous. No, I just I, we're just going to say it again. If you're one of those people that wants to hate on other people having fun or how they have fun or what they like, go somewhere else. I don't want you we don't want you for the show. We definitely don't want you in the Georgia fan base. Because, like we talked about last week, this is a new era. And if you're not willing to accept that and adapt with it, go somewhere else.
1: Yeah. We are living through the Georgia villain arc, and I'm all fucking for it.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I don't want to become a hero again.
1: <laughs> I want to say a fucking villain. I
0: don't, I don't want to arc. I want a downward slant into permanent villain. Villain, dude. I I think there's a good shot of that
1: happening next year. Hell, to like, I think for the villain arc, like, we just keep going on and going on. But I think if we make it, like, not even win it next year, if we make it to three in a row. Like three Natties in a row, like dude. I think I think college football is going to explode.
0: Well, that it, that's going to be every team that wasn't for an expanded playoff is suddenly a huge playoff expansion supporter. The expansion I mean, we've already seen. We've already seen Saban flip that coin.
1: The expansion is next year, isn't it? It's not like I believe so. Twenty four, not twenty three, right? 24. So there's one more year of the four teams.
0: There's one more year of the four teams, and then it's expansion, and then it's Texas and Oklahoma, unless that comes earlier.
1: Dude, I'm telling you, man, people get mad that the SEC keeps winning. They're going to get even more mad when the SEC has six teams and a 12-team playoff.
0: And the final four. Yeah, I'm just saying. But all right, guys, <clears throat> I think that's going to do it for us today on the nothing finer podcast. As always, Instagram is nothing.finder.pod, Twitter is at FinderPod. Facebook group, just search us up. We've all we're always posting stuff in there. We got a good community going on. The YouTube, once again, just search us, make sure it's got our logo. And nothingfinerpod The Ooh-hoo. promo code is up for champs and 15% off. But we still have a lot of merch, and I'm actually, when I get off of here, working on an embroidered hat and uh, potentially a one of those golf dry fit polos. So Ooh. we're working on some stuff, but, uh, you know, you stick it out with us because we're, you know, we're doing this. And we're going to have some fun guests coming up here soon. We're talking to some people, working on some stuff going to have some going to have some bracket challenge stuff as far as like March Madness obviously we'll do that but we're going to do like favorite moment in Georgia history what's your favorite game to go back and watch um probably going to do some uh potential like uniform combo brackets on our social medias I know we already did that no but see this time we could do like different jersey Helmet-pant combos and not just Um, stuff that's been done before.
1: uh, Yeah, I'll figure something out. I'll figure
0: something out. Um, You know, we're, we're trying to work on some stuff, but if you go to the shop, that's not, like, to explain this because I've actually, I've heard some people be like, oh, well, you just want to make money on the podcast. And that's not it. If we never make a dime on this show, I enjoy doing it. The reason we did the shop is because I spend a good bit of money every month to keep this thing going. And if I can break even by a couple people buying t-shirts and stop losing money, that's kind of the goal. Like I, I don't I don't expect to blow up. I don't expect for Barstool or ESPN or Saturday Down South to pick up the show and let us get a bunch of sponsors. I do. <laughs> I just want to get to a point of where I'm not losing money. Like that, that's kind of the goal here. So if you want to support us, once again, it's nothingfinderpod.com. We got everything from stickers to hats, coffee cups, t shirts. Um, and we're working on some stuff when I get some time. But uh, you got anything else?
1: No, I think I think I went on my rant. I think we're good. Oh actually, yeah. Uh Georgia basketball is beating Kentucky right now seven to eleven in the first half. Oh no shit. Oh no shit. In rank Georgia basketball, you fucking cowards. Okay, we're good now.
0: All right, guys. Always remember, there is nothing finer in the land than a drunk,
1: obnoxious back-to-back. Third and a champ. mile. Duggan from the two will throw it all the way across the
0: field. It's picked up by Bullardy. Bullard got it again. I've been it to throw. Lobs it to the right corner. There's McConkey. He got on his donkey and made a sliding catch in the right corner. Touchdown!